Well, hello, it's season five, and we are super excited that you are here as we dig into one of my favorite subjects. This season, we will be chatting with some amazingly smart and influential people in and around the arts and entertainment industry about something I like to call the inner critic. Who is this mean voice that constantly tries to stop us? And how do we confront it and kick it out of our way? From therapists to deliverance ministers to fashion icons and entrepreneurial geniuses, we are going to talk about that inner voice that wants to stop our creative passions and hinder our ability to shift culture. Head on over to my website, lindsaymorgan.co, and use the promo code LOVE for 50% off the Crushing Your Inner Critic Masterclass. And now, let's get to that conversation with this week's incredible guests about their journey with The Inner Critic. Hey, welcome, everybody. Welcome to our live podcast on Monday. We are so excited that you are here. I have with me the beautiful Georgie Antonori. Did I say it right, Georgie? You did say it right. I'm so proud of myself. We are here to talk again about the inner critic. We are here to do a little expose on the inner critic and expose this mean voice that really tries to hold all of us back, that just tries to keep us back from the good things that God has for us and to believe the beautiful things that he says about us. And so we are going to jump right in. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about my darling friend, um, she is quite something else. And it's just funny to me that the inner critic would even try to tell her a bunch of BS. But as we get into it, you will hear that he is out for all of us, unfortunately. Um, so a couple of cool things about Georgie. She's modeled. Um, she's been a singer and she's been an actress pretty much all her life. And her and her husband have a uh, a group, a music group called Two. I don't say it as cool as she says it. She has like a beautiful accent. You said it again. It's, well, we say Two. Two. Yeah, it's so pretty. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so they're amazing. And they've done videos at like music and gorgeous music videos all over YouTube. But they've also done amazing things like uh, when they were in London, they did an event um, that was sponsored by L'Oreal, right, Georgie? Yeah, it was sponsored by L'Oreal and IMG. Okay, tell us who IMG is. IMG is basically like the biggest modeling agency in the world. Wow. Like, all the supermodels are with IMG, but okay. they were, they, they were uh, sponsoring this fashion event with um, L'Oreal. Wow. And so you guys yeah. sang, you weren't two yet, but you and you right. and Leah sang. Yeah, we were, we were a, a band. We just hadn't, we weren't, we weren't two yet. Yeah, you were right. Um, so we performed there. We were the headlining act. It was really fun. It was in Covent Garden, um, kind of underground in this really cool open space. And they were basically showcasing, um, these new designers that had won some type of competition that IMG puts on. So all these big names in fashion were there. It was really fun. It was interesting. That's amazing. That is yeah. so fun. And Georgie and I both love fashion. So like, yeah. we're like, well, just put me around pretty clothes and, <laughs> and I'll have so much fun. Um, and then you guys have worked for like some of the top brands. Obviously we can't like always reveal all the brands, but right. just in case you guys are like cruising around in 
uh, hmm, a drugstore that's global. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if it's global, but it's like all over America. You might see Georgie's picture in there right now. Yes, as you well might. As, as well as on um, a commercial for a luxury car brand she was recently mm-hmm. on. So you might spot her there. And, and then we talked about this in our last podcast, Georgie, but you were on a commercial with Cindy Crawford, which is I was pretty epic. It was amazing. I, I I mentioned it, I think the last time we talked about it, but it really gave me the perspective of like, oh, just watching her work, like that's why you're Cindy Crawford and this is why you're getting paid what you get paid. Uh, she was amazing. She was just like, her body moved so brilliantly and she came charging down this residential street in this amazing pink suit from, the brand was called, um, is called Reserved. It's like, it's kind of like H&M. They're like a big box store. Um, but yeah, she was just beautiful in person and incredible. It was wow. amazing. That is amazing. That's so yeah. fun. And then your fa- one of your favorite things that you got to do, tell us a little bit about that. It was like a, a magazine that's like every single person that is listening yeah. has completely heard of this magazine. We can't reveal yeah. it, but tell right. us a little bit more about that experience because that was so cool. Right. So it's, it's one of the, exactly. It's one of the biggest magazines you've seen in a store. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't the most like, um, it wasn't the biggest job that I've done in terms of like my face was anywhere. I, I was actually body doubling for someone, um, for, for an actress who is a really big actress. And she was very, very popular at the time. She had a really famous series that had come out. Um, but I guess we're the same size. So they pulled me in to do body double. And um, basically what it was is they do this big cover every year of different celebrities. And it's uh, the women always get to wear these like really beautiful couture gowns. So they had me put her gown on and, and make sure that the measurements were right. But I spent two days at a big um, movie studio in Hollywood. And the photographer that did it was Annie Leibovitz, who is one of the biggest fashion photographers of all time she was incredible and they had um these the sound stages there on the studio lot i don't if, if you've never been in a sound stage on a in a studio they're i don't they're massive like there's some of them are the size of like an nba basketball court they're huge and the ceilings are i mean you have to think like they have to create whole worlds inside of these these sound stages so one of them was just full of couture gowns from the front all the way to the back. Couture gowns, shoes, bags, everything that you could possibly want. Um, but yeah, it was it was really, really amazing. Um, the gowns were beautiful. And then one, one funny thing that actually happened. So um, I was sitting in a different, in the next door soundstage waiting, you know, we were just waiting to be called. It was with the other models and as we were waiting, all of a sudden you hear this voice kind of, this really sweet raspy voice kind of come and turn the corner and it was Emma Stone. Oh, and wow. She was in her bathrobe and she was, I think she was like looking for a craft, like the craft table where the snacks are or something. And she turned the corner where we were, realized that she had, she didn't find the craft table or the bathroom or whatever she was looking. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she just like scampers off, but she was so sweet in her little bathroom. She was really cute. Oh, that's so cute. That's so fun. That's so fun. I mean, like all those beautiful gowns, like if you love fashion, I mean, Mm -hmm. and you got to wear the gown or no? 
Yeah, so I got to traipse around in a really beautiful Gucci gown for two days. Oh my gosh, were you like, can I take it with me? <laughs> I was, I, you know, and I think honestly, my favorite part of the whole thing was getting to sit in front of Annie's camera because she's just so legendary. It was like, oh my God, you're amazing. Wow. So, Made. so yeah. did you take pictures of you or just your... She did. She took pictures of, of me and the other girls. Just basically what they do is they, like a painting, like if you were to, you know, rough sketch this painting that you want to make, they do that with the models. They put the models in the gowns. They, they kind of lay the models out the way that they want. They even had, I don't remember what his job title was, but he was basically like a model choreographer. So he was there to like pose us, you know, all together in our gowns so that they knew what they wanted to do once the actresses got there the next day. So, wow. He was amazing. That yeah. is so fun. That is so fun. So guys, can you imagine, right? I'm even watching Georgie like talk and she's just like so beautiful. And can you imagine someone like this having an inner critic? Oh God. I yeah. can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> It is the worst. I know. <laughs> like even right now, because I was telling you, I wish I could turn off my, so I'm not seeing myself. It's actually the worst thing, especially in auditions, but like, because I can see myself. I'm like, don't your hair. Ugh. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> and I'm looking at you like, like you probably looked at Cindy Crawford and I'm like, she just knows how to like do like do this thing with her hair. And like, <laughs> You know what I mean? And like, and I'm just like, I don't really know how to do that. I've got like my plain hair over here, you know? So it's no. just so funny how he's mean and he lies to us. No, you look so awful. I know he is awful. Really so awful. tell us a little bit about, yeah. What, what does the inner critic say to Georgie? I'm curious. Oh man. What doesn't he, this inner critic say? I mean, God, like, oh, uh, you know, you're going to go to that audition later, but you know, you're looking kind of ugly today. So I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to pick you or you're really not that interesting or um, I don't know, Lindsay, like literally anything and everything you, oh, I think one thing we were talking about earlier is like, oh, you know, you don't really do anything. Yeah. You right. really don't bring like any value to anything, um, especially right now, just cause like the, the world is just kind of a different place than it was two years ago. Two years ago, I was like super, super busy. And right now, just because of every the way everything is, I'm not that busy. And so the inner critic is like, yeah, you're such a loser. Mm. Um, look, you don't do anything at all. You have failed. You're a failure. That's I think that's probably the number one thing that my inner critic tells me is like, you're a failure. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the inner critic told me for like two years I was a loser. And I'm just like, and, and I just would be like fighting it. Like, no, I'm not a little, or, you know, well, you kind of start to believe it and then yeah. you start to realize like, wait, I don't think that's true. And then you start mm -hmm. to kind of like fight it. And it's just like, what am I even fighting? Like, what do you mean I'm a loser? You know what I mean? It's almost like start asking him questions. Like, what do you mean I'm a loser? Like, what does it even mean? And it was right. interesting. Cause I was at a, a um, kind of a prayer. Th oh, look, I have my side light lighting coming in. That's really cool. Um, but I was at this prayer thing and my pastor, Tommy Martinson at Evergreen, he had said to me, um, without knowing any of this, he just looked at me and goes, you're a winner, Lindsay. And it was almost like he got like a prophetic download that like, yeah, told that I don't, he, he didn't know that he just right. had to like say that. 
it was so interesting to me. I thought, why did he say that? And then, you know, just realizing what the inner it's the truth, like the, I mean, the truth is that we're all winners. Like we're doing such everyone's, you know, you're doing your best. You're, you know, if you're on this planet and you're alive, like you're trying. Um, I just, I know Linz, I know, I know. So tell us the first time you realized you had an inner critic. I think it was after talking to you. You know, I, I definitely have had an inner critic most of my life, if not all of my life. I think maybe sometimes things happen to us through the course of our adult life where the inner critic can become louder because of, you know, A, B, or C or specific traumas or events or whatever. Um, but it's always been there. And I, I think I just always thought that he was the, tr that it's the truth. Yeah, me too. Or, you know, that it's a hundred percent, you know, my own, my own thoughts about myself. Um, but it wasn't until talking to you and, and you started talking about this, this inner critic and you kind of described him like the Grinch and <laughs> like this real grumpy, like curmudgeon guy, dude thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's probably what that voice is, you know, even, you know, if I'm getting ready to go on an audition and I hear, you know, a voice, it's like, yeah, you never really took acting. You haven't taken acting classes in a while. And, um, all the other actresses are going to be way better than you. And you don't know what you're doing and you suck, you know, and, and I hear that voice. It's in my own voice that I'm like, oh, you know, that's the truth. But you were like, no, it's that's the inner critic. That's that's the devil. It's the devil, basically, and the devil's a liar. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. So I think once you sort of personified this inner critic, it it helped me. I mean, obviously, I I still hear it. I was telling you like before even jumping on this meeting, I was like, I have nothing to say. I'm really not that interesting, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing how I find that he often says the exact opposite of what is true. Right. I mean, and it keeps you from doing so many things. Like it'll keep you from going and talking to that, to that person that you want to talk to, or you want to be friends with, or, you know, um, even right now, you've kind of been helping me like reach out to, well, find my words to like reach out to sponsorships for a project we're going to talk about later. But even that of like, well, why are you reaching out to this to these sponsors, to these people, why would they want to work with you? Who are you? You've never done anything. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, you've done all of these amazing things, Georgie. Like, you know, and I, you just forget. I was telling you earlier, the inner critic is like, having a relationship with the inner critic is like having a relationship with a narcissist where you're like, just constantly being gaslit, you know? And so this inner, you, cause you were saying that like, you have to make a list for yourself of all of the things that you've done today, or like just all of the things that you've accomplished in your life. Cause the inner critic will be like, yeah, you've done nothing with your life. You've never accomplished anything. You're a worthless piece of crap, you yeah. know? And you're like, well, actually I wrote all of this down <laughs> and these are all the things that I did today. And they're still like, no, that's not true. No, you didn't. And you're like arguing back and forth at this go <laughs> I laughed so hard when you said that earlier when you go having a relationship with the inner critic is like having a relationship with the narcissist like it's so freaking true and this light is so bright I mean Jesus is just oh, but you look so beautiful <laughs> I'm just like oh my word but like that is so true tell us what gaslighting is I know it's more of a common word now but I, I want to tell the so gaslighting is when like 
okay, I could say something really mean to you, right? You could be like, Lindsay, you're, you're da, 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 and just really hurt your feelings, right? And then you could say, well, that's not, that's not true. Or, you know, actually this is the truth or this is what you said to me and it hurt my feelings. And I would be like, no, that, that's not true. I didn't say that. Or, you know, not take any responsibility for what I've said yeah. and just kind of make it seem like you're the crazy one. And so I think that's what I meant is like, you feel like you're crazy and you feel like, you feel like a victim. You, you feel like you're crazy. You, yeah, you just constantly with, I think without being able to identify what the inner critic is, you just feel like, oh, it must be me. There's something wrong with me. Yes. You know, one, either that, either something wrong with me in the sense that like, I really do believe that I'm a loser or something wrong with me in the sense of like, I constantly hear this voice in my mind, my own voice telling me all this stuff. It makes you feel crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. People for probably sure. think I hear voices or something. No, <laughs> so girl, like, don't worry. We've been talking about this all season. And so like, I have already talked about that. I'm like, last <laughs> week when I was talking about it, I'm like, I know you guys are like, Lindsay hears voices. I'm like, the thing is, we all have this inner You're critic. Like, yeah, he's right there. You don't see him. <laughs> We all have this inner critic, but most of us don't know it's not our own. Like, we think it's true. Like you said, we think what it's saying is true. And the Bible says like, what you believe in your heart is like who you become, you know? And so if you start to believe that voice, you know, mine used to say, you're ugly, you're disgusting. No one will ever love you. I mean, it says the other things too, but that was kind of a main narrative for a long, long time in my life. Well, I started to kind of like believe that it kind of almost was like this, like self-prophecy where I, you know, started to like embody that, like, yeah, I feel kind of ugly. And then I, you know, like I would only see myself as like almost like a monster. Like I've, I've talked about this before, but I, I would walk into a mirror and I would look at myself in the mirror and I would see myself and I was like, okay, like I, you know, I see what I look like. I would walk away from the mirror. And as soon as I would start talking to a man, especially because that was my issue, um, I would, I would not be able to remember what I looked like. And I would only see like this kind of monster person, like on the inside out. And I'm not saying everybody's is that, or, you know, but, but I, you know, I, um, yeah, it was just so interesting that there was just such this like misunderstanding of like who I was or what I looked like, you know, that it just caused me to then act very awkward in certain situations. Or like you said, it would cause me not to do things because I would Mm -hmm. be like, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, what's the point? Why would they want to work with me? You know what I mean? Like who would listen to me? Like then, you know, then it kind of went into that. So it's just like, I find that probably every single person has this. They Mm -hmm. just aren't recognizing that it's not them or that it's not actually true. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't, I mean, I don't even know if there's anything that, that you can do to really make the inner critic go away because I think it, a lot of the times it's, it's the voice of the world. It's the voice of trauma. And I, I remember, I think actually I had, I was talking to you when I auditioned for the luxury car brand. Hmm. Um, but I remember walking into that audition and it was, it was, I actually felt like so good about myself. Hmm. I went in, I felt like so beautiful. I had found this like Alexander McQueen jacket, like in a thrift store somewhere. I was like, I look amazing, you know, um, did the audition came out. Once I was out of that audition, I was like, I'm a piece of crap. I was awful. 
all like, la, 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 I'm so done. Um, you know, and then I ended up booking the job, but I think, I, God, I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if, if the inner critic comes in because of things that we learn or, you know, we, especially as Christians, like, we, you know, we learn to be like humble pie and you're yeah. not, you're not allowed to, you know, be beautiful or, you know, show your, you know, how glorious and amazing you are. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from, <laughs> but <laughs> it's there. No, it's, it's very true. Well, I mean, a lot of what I've kind of learned is that it, it, I mean, the enemy, it's very clear in the Bible, you know, it says the enemy is the father of lies, right? How does someone lie to you? They have to lie to you through your thoughts. I mean, mm -hmm. th that's the only way they can't lie to you through your, like, I mean, they could lie to you through your heart, but I'm just saying like a lie is usually going to come into your mind because your mind is what then determines like what's truth, what's a lie, you know? And so the enemy right. is the father of lies. So he comes in and look, he just wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And I don't mean like physically kill necessarily, but I'm saying like, kill your dreams, steal your hope, you know, like destroy, like you moving forward and becoming the person that God wants you to be. And so that's what I think he's out there doing. And then the, the problem is, is we hear that so much um, from the enemy that we start to then kind of believe it. And then we start to agree with it. And then it starts to like kind of come in and, you know, take over. And so, I mean, uh, you know, I have gotten a handle on it in a way where I've been able to turn my inner critic into my inner encourager. Now, not a hundred percent of the time, right. but I would say 85% of the time now. And I am amazed at how I talk to myself now. It is super, super different. And I'm just like, how did that even, you know, happen? And so what I did is I went and kind of like with the Lord went back and like said, how did this happen? Like how, what were the, what was the solution? I, it wasn't like a bing, I zapped and it happened. There was right. like a process to it. And so the Lord like kind of helped me sort that out. And then I created a course about it called Crushing Your Inner Critic. So, I mean, to me, actually, it is like now kind of a, a, a simple flip. You know, it's not right. as hard for me to A, recognize it. Recognizing is 95% of the healing. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. Cause it's like, we need to recognize that it's even there. Cause once we recognize right. it's there, we can start to discern, like, you know, like when you're like, I'm going to go do this audition and then you hear this mean voice, you're like, I know who that is. And you right. might not be able to shut it up right in that moment, but at least you can, you know, be like, I knew who that is. That's not me. And that's not true. I'm going to try right. to ignore you while I go right. do my thing, you know? But what I found is like, I've been able to like turn it around into the inner encourager and the way I used to be really mean to myself. I have like this compassion for myself or this like little cheerleader inside. That's like, don't do it, Lindsay. Don't listen to him. You know? And it does sound yeah. like you're a complete nut. Like you have the two little people on your shoulders and you're like, da -da -da, da -da 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 -da. it but is really like that though. Yeah. I know it really is. Once you start to discern it, like otherwise you might be listening to us and think we have lost our marbles. Like why do Lindsay and Georgie like hear voices? Like, but I'm telling you, you probably do too. You just, well, it sounds like your own voice. And I, and I remember that's what you said. You said that to me one day. Cause I think I said to you, you know, in in talking about the, the current season that I'm currently in, I was, well, I think I was, I was telling you, I was washing my dishes one day hmm. And it's been a, it's been a hard season. And, and I heard this voice and it sounded just like my voice. And it said, look where you are. 
Look where you are. Look where following God has gotten you. How's that working out for you? And it was the first, I think that was the first time where I was like, I think that was the inner critic. And I told, I think I texted you and I was like, Lindsay, this happened and it sounded just like my voice. And you're like, it does. It sounds just like your voice, but it's not you. It's totally the liar. It's a liar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's an accuser. The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren, you know? So, yeah. he, so he's accusing you of like, oh, look how, look how, look how um, following God, look where that's gotten you. You know, yeah. well, he's accusing God actually is who's, who's, who he's accusing in that. You're but it's so like, right. How dare it? That's bad. Mean. <laughs> he's, so bad. <laughs> he's in so much trouble. <laughs> I know he's so mean and we need to expose him. Well, talk to me about, talk to me about like creative. So you've been in LA all your life. You grew up here and see, I was born here. Yeah. You are like an original. I'm- I'm a unicorn, man. You're OG, girl. <laughs> I'm OG LA. That's why when people come to LA and they try, not, not when they're like trying to pursue their dreams, you know, people come here with a, and like they become someone else that they're not. And I'm like, oh, stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> anyway, what were you asking me? No, I like that. Keep telling us more about that. What do you mean they become someone they're not? I don't know. I think people come to LA and they think that they have to turn into something that they're not, they, that they have to, in order, in order to succeed, they need to forget themselves. And I think oftentimes what, what makes you successful, like I'm encouraging myself now, um, is, is being yourself and, and being different, you know, not being like everyone else, you know, not feeling, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be negative because it's not an, it's not negative, but it's just, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm following you. And, and I really think that's because like, I don't mean to be like every, every problem in the universe is the inner critic. Cause that's not true, but I kind of think a lot of the problems are the inner critic and like, you know, because well, the inner critic definitely inserts himself into every issue. Yeah. You know, for sure. And so of course people come here and they're like, oh, the inner critics, like you're not good enough Mm -hmm. to are, so you need to go be this in order to succeed here. When like you said, the truth is, and what God would say is, no, I create, if I created you to be in the entertainment industry, then like who you are is actually who you need to be to succeed in this industry. That's what God would say, but that's what necessarily we hear from the inner critic and, you know, and maybe even, cause look, the inner critic uses circumstances. He uses the industry. He'll use society. Mm-hmm. He uses everything in order to like, try to keep us down, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about when I was not so much now, cause I'm, I'm older, but when I was younger, God, I, th- I think about so many situations that I walked into opportunities that I walked into that I maybe missed out on or, or kind of blew because I, I wasn't confident enough in who I was and in being different. And, you know, I maybe would try to be like someone else or try to be more edgy or try to be sexier or try to be, you know, I don't know, or, or shut up and not say something, you know what I mean? Not, not use my voice. And yeah, I definitely think like now I'm, I'm a bit older. I'm, I'm finding my voice a lot more and 
um, and learning how to push past the inner critic, you know, to get something that I want or go somewhere that I, I want to be. But yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely it keeps you from, from growing. Yeah. And from good things, but the good news is Romans 828, God will work all things together for our good. So we don't have to like beat ourselves up for missing out on those opportunities because I find that the inner critic likes to do that as well. So it's oh, like, totally. he'll, he'll like beat you up and then he'll blame you for it. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Once you, you're laying on the ground and then he like kicks you. <laughs> you're just like, the dude's not, not, there's nothing redeeming about him. No, he's just like a hundred percent abusive. <laughs> or, you know, he, she, whoever this inner critic is. <laughs> I call him he, I don't know why. <laughs> I know. I love men though. I love men. Oh no, me too. No, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I just, because he's called the father of lies. In the right. Bible, that's so kind of right. I get that. Yeah. I get he from, but yeah, it can be a she. Actually, one of my friends, Michelle, um, I want to give her credit, but she, she calls him the inner Karen. <laughs> <laughs> you're right totally oh, that's not mine that's my friend michelle but um, yeah yeah the inner karen, hilarious. The inner karen. Yeah. Like, that karen. So, <laughs> so she has this whole thing on her i'll have to have her on i'll have to have her on the podcast but it was so funny i'm like she's right that is so true so no i don't mean that derogatory way towards men at all i just mean like whoever this critter is right like, it's not nice yeah so mean. It's so mean. <laughs> oh, I don't like it. And it's interesting because I think the reason we try to change is because it's like that my inner critic often says like, you're not enough. You're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not enough. You're not enough. So if you're feeling like you're not enough, obviously you're going to try to change to become enough. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that, yeah. And I'm that, trying to think, oh, I'm trying to think of like times in my life that I've, that I've done that, like trying tried to, you know, be something else that I, I wasn't. I mean, God, I've done it so many times, but okay. yeah. And, and finally, when you start to like get to know yourself, get to know what God thinks about you, not just even like the, the very like big things that God says about all his children, but like when you become in a relationship with God and a really like intimate relationship, you start to like see yourself, how he sees you. And I know it's a little cliche, but, mm -hmm. but then if you can really let that in, which, you know, my book's called letting love in and God is love. So when you start to kind of let that in, you start to see yourself and you start to like, like yourself, you know, and then you're like, okay, I can be myself. And you can also realize not everyone's gonna like me. Right. Okay, because I like me and God likes me. And so, and I've got friends that like me, not everyone will like me, but that's okay. So for me, a lot in my life, I wanted everyone to like me. So I would kind of change myself in order to like fit in with these people or change myself to like, I wanted to please people. So they liked me. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, like one of the things is I've always kind of been, I've always been really outspoken about what I believe in or like what my opinion, I, not, not in a disrespectful way, but I've definitely have encountered, you know, there's been times in my life where either someone or the situation or something like shut me up. And then from that point forward, whenever I would go to open my voice, there was that, that voice, that inner critic of like, well, you really shouldn't say that. Cause you're going to upset someone or, 
you know, that person's not going to like you anymore, or, you know, no one's going to want to hire you or da, 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 you know, and then you, you begin to, to sh- I begin to shrink back, you know, and, and not open my mouth or not express what's on my heart or be myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I know he's just always there to keep us back from what God has for us. And I mean, not that we want to focus on him, but we have to be aware Otherwise he's like holding us back and we don't know what's holding us back. Right. And sometimes I'll beat myself up. I help him, you know, like I'll beat myself up. Like, why can't I overcome this? You know, when like, instead of recognizing like, oh wait, like there's something, someone trying to hold me back. And so I'm going to say no to that voice, say no to drugs, (laughs) say no to the drug of the inner critic and go forward anyway. So Yeah. That's so interesting. Do you, I mean, obviously you see this a lot in your industry, but do you have any mm-hmm. thoughts on why it really, I feel like it's really intense for creative people. Well, I think creative people are really intense already. Okay. Uh, very sensitive to, I, I think a lot of, and everyone's creative, but I, I think a lot of the times, especially within the arts, creative people are very prophetic which means that they're very sensitive, you know, and they're, they're constant, they're like little, they're like little, uh, like weather vanes or little thermometers, like constantly, oh, look, now the sun is, is creeping on me. Um, so you know, funny. constantly picking up on the temperature of the room around them or the, the world or whatever, you know? And so I think because of that, they're more vulnerable to, those voices, especially critical voices. I think that's why I think, I think that's why, Yeah, you know, yeah, because they were made creatives. I think were made to be a mirror, you know, to the world of like, this is what's going on, or this is, this is the vision of beauty that could solve what's going on or, or be the, or what the opposite spirit is of, of something that's going on that may not be good. Um, so I, I think oftentimes as a creative, it can become very confusing in your mind, you know, because mm-hmm. you're so sensitive. Yeah, that's true. That's a really good point. I love that. Really yeah. Cool. And probably just the comparison, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that plagues everybody. I uh, I think maybe you, maybe you find it more or maybe it's easier to spot more in the creative world or in enter- entertainment because the competition is so high. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, you know, for, for me, for example, going into an audition, there's 300 other women there that look just like me. You know what I mean? So it's a lot easier, it's a lot easier to go into a situation like that and be like, oh, well, her outfit's better or her eyes are better or her, you know, you, you just comparing because it's, it's all right there in front of you. Mm. you know so I think maybe that that's why but I I think it's something that everybody deals with and certainly if if anybody had to consistently go up against 300 other people that look just like them or have the same skill as them you know and then and the truth is is no one is you right 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 we're all different we're all unique that that's the truth you know but we're talking about the inner critic going into a situation like that is hard you know so true So what do you do like before? So you're also like obviously a singer and part of a band and you guys are so beautiful and beautiful on the outside and the inside and the voice. But like, what do you do before you go up on stage and have to perform? Oh, um, 
I just do it, you know, warts and all. <laughs> you go, there's, there's not much you can do. You just have to pull your pants up and tie your belt real tight and, and get out there and do it. And I think event, for example, for being on stage, we're using that example, eventually, you know, that voice, the more that I step out, the more that I take command of what I've been giving and what I'm doing, the lesser that voice becomes, you know, now I'm, now I'm, and I, and I think a lot of the time too, Linz, it's, it's taking the focus off of yourself, yeah. you know, and you know, when I'm able to interact with my audience, mm. um, it, that helps too. There are times though, where I'm like, why are they looking at me like that? What are they thinking? You know what, again, but again, I think that's now I'm kind of what looking at myself, but maybe through their eyes. Mm. Um, but yeah, honestly, you just, you just have to persevere. I think that's the biggest thing, even with the inner critic. I mean, yeah, you can tell yourself the truth and, and I try to do that in the moment, but sometimes that's hard in the moment. Cause in the moment you're like, Whoa! you know, you're like all over the place and, I just have to like get there, you know? And, and that's the other thing too, that the inner critic does is uh, he's such a perfectionist, you know? Sometimes you just have to get yourself on stage or get yourself to where it is you're trying to go, go or do, do the thing and, and leave and just do your best. And of course the inner critic will be like, well, you know, if you hadn't have been so involved and worried about that one hair on your head, you really would have done a better job. <laughs> You know, you play the inner critic so well. If we ever like, I don't know, some kind of like show about him or her, like you're gonna have to play her because you're so good. I love when you like look at your nails and you're like, you know, because they're so passive aggressive. It's so yeah. like it doesn't just come in the room like, ah, oh, I hate you, and like you know, I think that's like the end result. Yeah, it's very subtle. It's very very subtle of like, oh, you know. Okay, so like one of the things is, let, let's talk about this. This has been a big thing for me in my life. I'm Mexican-American, okay? My whole life I have struggled with that mm -hmm. because I am American, but also I'm Mexican and I feel very connected to both of those things. And there have been times in my life where I have felt like I'm not Mexican enough because I'm American. And, you know, I, I have... So, so and you have to understand like the baggage that has that, like how deep this thing goes, like how far back in my life this thing goes. So because of that, I remember the last time we were on stage and we were getting ready to, to sing some songs in Spanish. And the whole time I'm just thinking like, oh, well, you're going to say that word wrong or, oh, you know, that, that person over there knows that you're American and you're going to, you're going to mess up a phrase and they're going to make fun of you. And um, you're not, you're not a real Mexican, you know, you, you have no right to be singing in Spanish because you're from LA and you don't even really speak Spanish, you know, like just things like that. So it's like really subtle things that things that are true in the right. sense of like, I, my Spanish is not perfect and I don't speak great conversational Spanish. That's true. But then they, it uses that against you to make or to me make to make me feel like I have absolutely no right to claim something that is that's mine by birth it's my I'm Mexican my family is Mexican there there's nothing wrong with me wanting to connect with that you know right. um but the inner critic is just such a biatch. 
you no, know? That's, yeah, that's so true. I mean, it's just like, it's like you said, it comes in everywhere. So like, you know, it's always just trying to, to cause trouble and keep us back. And it's like, so it's just so real once you realize it's in there, you know? And like, yeah. just like, no, this I, think it's, I think it's trauma. I think it, I think, I think it does come from, from specific, specific events or, or maybe specific things that, you know, your family deals with and, or, you know, I, I think it definitely can be traced back to a root. Um, I think sometimes we just, we give it more power than it, than it deserves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and I think like, like I said, 95% of the healing is just recognizing it, you know, that way, like when it comes, you're just like, no, that actually isn't true. And I'm going to keep moving forward. Or you hear it and use the weapon of ignore, which like Chris Valentin, right, yeah. I both went to, to Bethel and like, you know, it's like the weapon of ignore, you know, like you hear it, but you're like, I'm just going to keep going forward. And mm -hmm. I, I don't care, you know, I don't care what it, what it says. And, and like you said, these things can be generationally, like they can go way back, you know, before we ever were a thought in anyone's head, except God's, of course. So yeah. Yeah. Like, like for complex. me, the, it's, complex. Uh -huh. it's complex. Like it's not, it, just, it's very complex. And I think it, it's different, but I think it helps people to, to know that, you know, there's other people that, that are going through this, you know, what I was going to say is with the Mexican thing, I, I, it goes back like to my parents, mm. you know, my dad, you know, feels that has felt, felt that way growing up, even though his parents only spoke Spanish and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So of course it's, it was natural for me to pick that up you know, and, and now it's, it's turned into my own voice, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, it's so true. Well, thank God there's hope, right? <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Yeah. It, it, you've helped me so much and, and, and I, especially identifying it, you know, as, as this, this other, it's not me, you know? Right. Right. It's a liar mm -hmm. and it doesn't like us. And that's what no. I mean. It doesn't like us. And yeah. I mean, the enemy wants to destroy everything that God loves. You know, mm -hmm. so of course, he's going to use anything he can to do that and hold us back from who we're supposed to be. So, so good, Georgie. So good. Oh my gosh. So, I want to talk a little bit about, well, a couple things. So, you have a Christmas concert coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us, tell us, tell us. So we do a Christmas show every year, um, my husband and I, and we always invite other bands to come and play a mixture of Christmas music and their own music. And this year, for the first time, we're doing it in Austin, Texas at the Peached Social House. Um, and we are partnering with Seth Mitchell, who you also know. Yes. Um, yeah, and it's going to be so fun. There's a couple other bands that are going to join, but I can't talk about them yet. Okay. And um, it's on a December 11th, and we're so excited. I've never been to Austin. You've never been there, Georgie? I've never, ever been there. Oh, you're going to, I think you'll love it. Yeah, I think I will too. Wow. That's so, super so cool. So, so if you're in Austin, guys, like, or you got friends in Austin, let them know. It's going to be super super cool i'm gonna go i'm coming i'm coming. Know, I'm so excited yeah it's always fun and you know the reason we started it is because la is such a a transplant city everyone most of the people here aren't from here right. and so they're away from the family and they're away from their close friends and um 
yeah, we just wanted to give people a place to go to celebrate the holidays. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's how it started. It started off with like 70 people in our, in my parents' backyard. Yeah. (laughs) And it's grown to like over 200 people. So it's been a really great fun journey for sure. Excited to grow and, and take it to Austin. I know that's so exciting. That's so cool. What mm-hmm. else can you tell us about it that like we can, where can we get tickets? Like, is any of that? Oh, okay. So tickets will probably go up on Eventbrite. I haven't actually put them up yet. They will right. go up soon. Um, we, yeah, we're, we're, we are currently in the talks with a couple of different people to sponsor different parts of the show. Okay. One of the brands that I'm like really hoping that we can get is this really awesome company called De La Calle. And they serve this beverage called tapache, which is an, it's actually a Mexican fermented beverage. I say it's like the Mexican kombucha. It's, it's so good. Oh my God, it's my favorite thing ever. They have like mango chili and um, tamarindo and like, which is a, another thing, but it's so yummy. So we're trying to, we're trying to partner with them for our show. We'd love to have their product there. So De La Calle, if you're listening, we love you so much. And we really want you to be a part of our Christmas show. It's called A Very Merry Christmas. That's so fun. Oh, yeah. and she always has the most beautiful clothes on. That's like one of Oh my- yeah, that's like a whole other thing. She's I mean, that's really why I do the show. <laughs> yeah, that would be why so that I can have an excuse to buy another outfit. <laughs> exactly. That's a great, that's, yeah. I think that's so smart. I love it. It's so good. Oh, I'm so excited. And then you have like a giveaway, right? Yes. So I wanted to do a giveaway. Huh? For the podcast listeners. For your listeners, I wanted to do a giveaway. It's so sunny. I'm like, how can I show you without going blind? Um, (laughs) I need my sunglasses on. Like, no, mine are all the way over there. So, okay. We have a song called Te Amo. It's a very pretty song. And we made t-shirts. Can you see it? Yes, it's so cute. Yes, and it's like really soft gray, very, very soft cotton. And um, I want to do a giveaway to one of your listeners. So if you're a listener tomorrow, Lindsay's going to post a flyer and you have to go on and comment a funny thing that your inner critic says to you. I mean, I guess it's not really funny because it, it usually hurts our feelings, but sometimes it's funny. Um, so comment a funny thing that your inner critic has said, and then I will pick one of you guys as the winner. That's so fun. I love that, Georgie. Tell us what, um, tell us what that means. Cause that's Spanish. Oh, duh. Bama <laughs> means I love you. Oh, I know. I love that. The song is so beautiful too. I'll link it in this podcast. I'll link it in there so they can hear it. Cause I've like woken up like in the morning, like with that song in my head. Before. Really? Yes. Like feeling uh-huh. like the Lord. Like sometimes he'll wake me up with songs in my head and uh-huh. it's like a little message for me. And, and yeah, I've woken up with that song in my head and I felt like that was God like singing to me that he loved me. So it was really so cute. So I love that. Thank you so much. That's so fun. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I love this t-shirt. I wear mine all of the time. Actually, this one is mine. (laughs) You're not giving me mine, but no, I'm not giving you mine, but so special. Yeah. That's so cute. Was there anything we haven't talked about? that we plan to talk about? About the inner critic? Yeah, or anything else? I know we wanted to talk about the giveaway, which is so sweet of you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have any other questions I know. about 
my why can't I see anything about uh right my inner critic yeah my neuroticism (laughs) no it's not you it's not you so what is can you think of something funny that the inner critic says to you oh my goodness I mean I usually don't think he's very funny although I'm sure he has something said something funny to me but well he's not funny but I just mean like something that's so obnoxious like often what he's saying is a complete opposite of what's true. Like I'm looking at you and I'm like, I can't believe, I mean, maybe the inner critic doesn't tell you you're not pretty enough, but I'm looking at you thinking if the inner critic tells you you're not pretty enough, like he's an idiot. Like you're going to definitely told me that I'm not pretty enough, which is kind of funny. It is funny because like you get paid to be pretty. <laughs> so that's yes, funny. I do. so funny. Like to me, that's when I say funny, that's what I mean. Like, it's so obnoxious. It's so ridiculous that it's like funny because you're like, yeah. you're an idiot. Well, like the inner critic is like, I, you know who I talk about this a lot with Stephanie Ortiz. We always talk about the things that like go on in our head. Yeah. The inner critic has definitely said things to me. Like if I do something not like nice for somebody that I, that I love just because I love them, the inner critic will be like, you know, you're just doing that for yourself so that they'll think you're cool and nice and you're really just doing that to get attention exactly i'm like shut up like you're so mean you know i know it's so funny it's so true now okay you guys that are listening you aren't watching georgie but i think you all need to go to my facebook page and watch her because she every time she like every time she personifies the inner critic she looks at her nails and like it's like hilarious I mean it is so gonna give me an image now for the rest of my life anytime I hear the inner critic I'm gonna imagine like this little snot hello Lindsay my nails we haven't done enough today exactly (laughs) I know it's so funny oh well Yeah. yeah so that's what we mean by funny guys so come on over to my Instagram and do you want them on your Instagram or my Instagram? The comments? Yeah. I think they should go on your Instagram. Okay. Yeah. So over to my Instagram and leave a comment of the funniest. And it, you know, if you don't have a funny one, you can just be the most ridiculous one. Most ridiculous one. That you hear the inner critic say to you, and then she'll pick you out for a t-shirt, which would be so cute. Yeah, and I'll mail it to you. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. And if you guys want to follow their music, um, tell us how to do that on Instagram. So you can follow us at Tu Music Official. It's T-U Music Official. And you can follow me at I am Georgie Antonori. Um, you can just go look on Lindsay's, <laughs> on Lindsay's Instagram and find my name is long and, <laughs> um, but it's, I am Georgie Antonori and we're on YouTube at two music official. Everything's under two music official. Uh, okay. If you want to listen to our music. Yeah. And YouTube, because they have these gorgeous, um, they have these gorgeous music videos. They're like stunning. They're really, really well done. So they'll, they'll bless you for sure. Well, Georgie, would you pray for us? Would you pray for our listeners? Yes, Lord, thank you so much for today. And I pray that the enemy would be exposed, that the inner critic would be exposed and we would be able to hear those thoughts for what they really are, lies and not the truth. And God, I pray that every false accusation and false criticism that the inner critic, the enemy throws our way would be replaced with the truth in Jesus name. 
Amen. I received that for myself. So amen. Well, thank you, sweet Georgie. It was so uh, fun. Thank you, Lynn. Thanks for having me on last minute. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. That's like one of those poses you were trying to help. You guys, it's, one quick it's Cindy Crawford's voguing. <laughs> so one funny story before we get off is like, at one point, Georgie was like, let's go take some pictures. And yes. he's like a professional model. Okay. You guys, my inner critic was like, Rah! like, so really Lynn's? yes. And when we were out there, like it was almost like God wanted us to do that. So the inner critic could come up and like come out because I felt so awkward. Like I couldn't right. believe how awkward I felt in that. But it was funny because then like a month or two later, I had a photo shoot for my, my website and I felt so much more comfortable. So I literally feel like that photo shoot was like deliverance for me. Cause it yeah, was, see, you just, sometimes you just have to like go and do it and like kick the inner critic in the face and just do it anyway. And I think the more you do something that the inner critic says you can't do, yeah. The more it shuts him up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Note so. to myself too. Well, this is recorded Georgie. So if you need to go back and re-listen, <laughs> I will <laughs> go back and encourage yourself. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Georgie. It was so fun having you on guys. Thanks for listening and go to Lindsay Morgan Snyder, um, on Instagram and comment so that you can win a cool shirt. Yeah. Get your tickets in Austin and come to the Christmas show. It's going to be. Heck yeah, come. Come. What'd you say? I said, heck yeah, come. Yeah, it's going to be really beautiful. These two, I know, Georgie and Leo and Seth Mitchell, and they are going to put on quite a show. So it'll be worth it. All right. Mm -hmm. we'll, yes. We'll see y'all next time. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Well, 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 wasn't that interesting? We can't wait until next week. Don't forget to grab Crushing Your Inner Critic Masterclass at lindsaymorgan.co and use the promo code LOVE to get 50% off. This was recorded at New Vine Music in Santa Monica, California. We would like to thank Leonardo Antonori for producing this track. To learn more about them, or to license original music for your next project, go to newvinemusic.com.